What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we have another edition of Overthinking MTG, and today's episode is brought to you by J to the Dizzle. So this is a fan request uh, by JD, and today we're going to be looking at Nickel Bolas, and by that I mean the original Nickel Bolas printing. Um, that said, if you've been playing Magic for a while, you've heard this name uh, in all likelihood, and I also did want to touch a little bit on who Nickel Bolas is. Now, this isn't exactly going to be a lore channel moving forward, so I'm not, not going to go too deep, but I got to admit, I did just fall down a rabbit hole, so I figured, hey, I'll bring you guys with me, because it's actually kind of fun. So... Nicol Bolas is one of the Elder Dragons. Now, that's another word that you may have heard before, specifically in the context of Commander, because Commander is also known as Elder Dragon Highlander. And the reason for that is, in the very first version of the game, um, one of the first rules was the commander of your deck had to be one of the Elder Dragons from Legends, which was the set where Nicol Bolas was originally printed. Um, and so that's kind of fun. And that's actually where the 21 commander damage came from. Uh, the thought being one of the alternate win conditions or one of the ways to knock out an opponent was to deal three hits with your commander. Um, and all of the commanders were 7-7s seven because all of the old school Elder Dragons were 7-7s. Seven um, also, their mana costs were insane, as you can see here. So the original Nick, original Nikki B here is two generic blue, blue, black, black, red, red. So we're looking at Grix's colors and we're looking at eight mana, only two of which is generic. So he's really specific. If you're going, you you know, you got to go Grixis, you got to go hard Grixis. And at this point, back in Legends, you better hope you got some OG duels, um, which to be fair, they weren't like $200 or $2,000 or whatever they are now. They weren't that much back then to be fair, but still you needed to have a really good mana base in order to pull this guy off. Um, but on top of that, he has an upkeep. And so you actually have to pay blue black and red at the beginning of every one of your upkeep steps oh by the way that's why it's called the upkeep step because there were a lot of cards back in the day that actually required you to pay a cost in order to keep them online the thought was they were very very powerful and because they were very very powerful you needed to pay a little bit extra in order to keep them around at least that was the thought um whether or not that's justified in this case, well, by today's standards, absolutely not. And they've moved away from upkeep in a lot of cases, fortunately. Um, although, interestingly enough, we do see it in other ways now. Like, for example, there are cards like uh, Rotting Registrar that forces you to discard a card during your upkeep. You know, so that's something. Um, there are other ones that, you know, I, th I think there, there are some that force you to sacrifice once per turn and do those kinds of things. So... I mean, the idea of paying an upkeep cost for something that's inexpensive to get down early isn't exactly gone, but most of the time that's not mana, because all, like, pulling back on your mana and kind of de-ramping you, that's not a word, but that that's a that's a feel-bad, so I'm glad that they moved away from that um, just wholesale design, you know, as part of the design philosophy. So anyway, but so what does Nickel Bullis do? Okay, Homeboy costs eight. He's got an incredibly gnarly mana cost on him, and uh, so flying, an opponent damaged by Nicol Bolas must discard their entire hand. Ignore this effect if opponent has no cards left in hand. So you smack with this, their whole hand is gone. 
So combine this OG Nickel Bolas with something like Tiny Bones that really deals a lot of damage to your opponents once they have no cards in hand. Or something like, I believe it's the Rack that deals damage on upkeep if your opponents have no cards in hand. Like Those kinds of effects can really be debilitating once, he's, once this guy's online. Now that said, one of the issues is that you don't get him down until turn 8 eight in most cases unless you're ramping really hard and to be fair if you have uh mana rocks you actually could ramp fairly hard but even so even if you just ramp like crazy um and use cards like soul ring arcade signet all that stuff i mean you're probably going to be getting this guy out on turn four maybe um and if you're in a pod where people are ramping that hard there's a good chance your opponents are going to be more or less out of cards and back in the day card draw and ramp was nowhere near what it is today and so as a result by the time by the time Bolas is actually on the field, unless you cheated him in somehow, which there are plenty of ways to do that. I mean, you could definitely... Actually, I bet this guy was a primary animation target back in the day. And that actually seems kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, pulling Nickel Bolas up with like an animate dead after entombing it, that sounds pretty sweet. Anyway, so there's some cool stuff there. The other thing that I really want to take a look at that I find really fascinating is the original artwork. So... Bolas has changed a lot over the years. Um, he has become one of the big bads. He's become kind of the big villain. And actually, War of the Spark saw the conclusion of a multi-set arc where Nicol Bolas was like the bad guy. He was the Thanos of the, you know, to the Avengers that was the, you know, the Gatewatch. That was a terrible way to phrase that. But you know what I mean? He was the big villain. He was the main arch enemy which is why he was the the headline in the or you know he was the big he was the character that they chose when they made a product called arch enemy um he's the, the biggest baddest monster around and i'm really grateful that when they were determining who should be the big evil villain who's bent on multiverse domination i'm glad when they decided to cast that role they looked back at Legends. They looked back into Magic's history to find a character that is big enough and bad enough to make it happen. And so, yeah, the dragon that has been around for millennia that is capable of sundering whole worlds. Okay, you know, let's, let's flesh this guy out a little bit. Let's see what he's all about. But I love the original artwork because he looks very different um, than he does today. His wings are tan almost and he's got just a kind of a traditional dragon green skin um, going on he has a longer snout than we're used to seeing and his horns are a lot smaller um, with the newer Ugin models they definitely have um, he's a little more serpentine and his horns are a lot more pronounced um, but I love the fact that he's just sitting on a throne reading a book like there is not a less threatening pose you could put an apocalyptic dragon in and it's funny actually i'm i've seen this image dozens of times and i am just now noticing for the very first time that on the arm of his little throne here is a skull like he's clearly on like it clearly is some kind of I mean, some kind of throne but it's, we're, the image is so zoomed in, we don't really see much other detail about, you know, the layer that he's in. But he's just kicking back reading books. I mean, are there bodies just, like, all out of frame, for, like, of, of all his enemies that have been quenched or quashed or scorched? I don't know. Maybe. Why not? 
Um, but yeah, so it's fun because the original, this original Elder Dragon actually has seen a reprint um, in Masters Twenty Five. They did bring Nicol Bolas back as a uh, as a rare, and it's kind of funny because you know you can see if you're on the YouTube feed. Hello, um, here's the the newer artwork. And he's got more of a serpentine appearance. Um, it's interesting, too. One of the things I really like about the new Nicol Bolas design, something that we see, is he has a very, like, he's a long serpentine body, but he seems to have a very muscular chest, which is something that you see in a lot of different things, which gives him this very weird, inhuman shape. He looks almost like a bodybuilder made out of Play-Doh that a kid has stretched in the middle and then stretched at the neck uh, and then stapled gigantic bat wings on, because why not? So... It's kind of a weird proportion, and you can see that in a couple of other different artworks because he's appeared on a lot of cards. Um, and not only is he a big old freaking monster elder dragon, but he's also a planeswalker. So he's just stupid powerful, biggest baddest monster in the multiverse. And uh, it's just, yeah, this guy is. I don't know what else to say. Nicol Bolas is like an, a killer villain. He's just an excellent piece of lore in this game and I love I cannot express how happy I am when a game that has a history like Magic's when they're looking to write the future they look back into the past I think that is a beautiful tradition that in the modern day the modern day story the modern day lore um, is definitely leaving a lot of people wanting and there's a reason for that. Um, we're not quite getting the the robust narrative that we come to expect. And actually, War of the Spark kind of saw kind of the shift to um, the current modern day storytelling. But there are plenty of people talking about that right now. But I want to point out just how smooth it was when they wanted to create a superhero um, planeswalker story they needed a villain, and they grabbed one of their original villains. And incidentally enough, actually, um, Nicol Bolas, in the lore, was originally spawned by the Ur-Dragon, along with all the other Elder Dragons of Dominaria. Um, and apparently there was a huge war on Dominaria called the Elder Dragon War, and Nicol Bolas was one of, like, five survivors, um, along with his twin brother, Ugin. Now, I had heard Ugin referred to as Nicol Bolas' twin brother, and I just assumed that meant that they were in the same, like, clutch, that's what, that's what it's called, right? When reptiles, like, it's a clutch of eggs. Anyway, I just assumed they were, you know, they hatched at the same time. But in fact, they actually hatched out of the exact same egg, which is something that I just, I find fascinating. And so the interesting thing, too, is, Ug like, the, Ugin is a very peaceful character, whereas Nicol Bolas is very selfish, very demeaning, very, well, not demeaning necessarily, but very um, ambitious, very much, like, the fact that his mana is blue black and red makes a lot of sense because he's got all the selfish ambition of black he has the impulse uh, the impulsive um willingness to do will, willingness to follow his emotions of red and then he also has the desire for perfection of blue and when you combine those things together that produces an incredibly powerful incredibly scary force and i feel like he just exemplifies that perfectly so meanwhile, Ugin, on the other hand, is this selfless, um, almost monk-type figure. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, I'm drawing a really interesting uh, comparison to... Okay, spoiler warning uh, for Skyrim, of all things. I'm drawing a 
Parthenax from Skyrim, the peaceful dragon that teaches you all about the shouts and is your mentor throughout the course of the game, well, throughout the, you know, the, the latter portion of the game, um, reminds me very, very much of Ugin. I mean, I'm seeing a parallel between those two because Ugin, through reflection, transcended the mana the the color pie transcended colored mana as it exists on all the realms of the multiverse and that's why ugin the spirit dragon or ugin ineffable all those other cards that we see out there are colorless because he is no longer bound by the colors of mana he is capable of wielding all of them and he also can wield tremendous power without using them. And that's freaking awesome. And I gotta say, I feel a lot more justified in running Ugin in my current standard deck. I'm not gonna lie. And yes, I'm one of those guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I've been getting wrecked by Nyssa for so long. I gotta do something, you guys. I'm sorry. Anyway. So, um, the other thing that's interesting when you look at Ugin and Nicol Bolas, their facial structures and their body type are almost identical. The only difference that I really noticed, I, I mean, the color is obvious, because Nicol Bolas is very reptilian, um, you know, very gr green, blue, well, and red, actually. I mean, he's kind of, well, anyway. So he's got a very reptilian, very dark, scaly f uh, frame, whereas Ugin is, looks like he's made of, like, iridescent light, almost. And so he's kind of this light blue, almost transparent. Um, well, and there's a, reason for that in the story fun fact he is actually a spirit like he has actually been killed by nicol bolas uh fun fact but it was done in such a way in such a such a plane where he was actually able to like his spirit was able to transcend and actually reform um into the spirit dragon that we know and love today but the wings that's the other thing nicol bolas for some reason has like bat wings whereas ugin has feathered wings i'm not exactly sure why that is i'm assuming there's something in the story uh about that but for some reason that's like the one difference much like how actually i don't know if it's i feel like just how like it, it seems almost like if identical twins had different birthmarks or something like that or it like and i don't even know if that's a thing but that's what it seems like you know there's like this one small difference but otherwise they're very very similar um and i think that's really cool that's an interesting detail and you can tell you can tell they're related there's a family resemblance there and that really speaks to the art direction over the years the fact that they were able to put a visible family resemblance in dragons, one of whom is a freaking ghost. Like, that's awesome. And I have no doubt that he's not actually a ghost, you know, by magic, by, by the way the magic works, but, I mean, come on, he's a spirit dragon. Um, anyway, so this has been, you know, kind of a kind of a look at Nicol Bolas um, from a quasi-outsider's perspective, because to be fair, I don't really have the lore, and I wasn't, you know, that, that could really back this up. You know, what you're seeing here is the result of a 20-minute um, Wikipedia, you know, rundown prior to recording this, as I'm sure it's evident. But I don't know, I find... I find these dragons fascinating. I find these characters really, really interesting because, well, what is a fantasy card game without big, awesome dragons, right? And I feel like giving them lore, giving them history, giving them personalities, giving them characteristics that shape not only their narrative, but the narrative of all the other characters around them and the narrative of the very worlds they touch... I love that. I think that's fantastic. And Nicol Bolas himself not only has been uh, part of some of the most heinous, you know, and most huge conspiracies, this dude, like, single-handedly reformed 
a broken plane of existence on Alara. He's capable of taking five shards of existence and smashing them back together. Holy cow, that's insane. Like, that's, that's bonkers. So when we talk about beings of insane power, I mean, the Elder Dragons are, to the magic mythos, almost like gods or like the way that we would associate like demigods in mythology they're that power level they are ancient beings from a bygone time that is just on another level and i i think it's great i think it's super duper cool and it makes sense that they're dragons because i mean we we all have associations with dragons in media and it's just they're fantastic. So thank you, JD, for, for this request. It has been a lot of fun learning more about the Elder Dragons and uh, about Nicol Bolas and Ugin specifically because those two have a really interesting uh, dynamic and a really is- interesting history. And so I'd highly recommend you check it out. I know I'm going to continue looking into it after this um, just because it's fascinating stuff. And I just the old school magic story is so deep. There's just so much good stuff. So thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate you. This uh, this show is available on YouTube as well as as, as well as anywhere you get your podcasts. I also have another YouTube show, The Rogue Deck Workshop, where we actually take a focus on deck building. So if you're at all interested, go check that out as well. Um, You can find it. Just do a search for HamHawks42, and it will come up um, over on YouTube. And there's also a link in the description as well. And until next time, well, I'll catch you next time.